Thank you, Kelly Robinson. Good, beautiful, wonderful morning this morning. Glad to have you tuned in. This is on the week when it's been beautiful. We've had rain here and there across the state of Texas. Snow in the panhandle, if you hadn't heard earlier this week. This is a great state. And we're talking gardening. I hope that uh, you're in a garden center sometime this week. Maybe today, maybe tomorrow, sometime in the next uh, few days, maybe sometime in the last few days. But let's talk about the plants at your place. That's why we're here this morning. We're live. That toll-free number, if you'd like to call. Oh, man, would I love to have some calls. We have four lines. Jared Taylor is poised and ready to jump on them. It's 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. 888-256-1080. 1080. Call right now, won't you please? Please fill up those phone lines. Let's talk about whatever you'd like to talk about, whatever is on your mind for your urban landscape, lawn, and garden. That's, uh, that's my goal. I don't, uh, do, uh, don't do pastures, don't do agronomy, don't do animals. Uh, that's not my specialty. Wasn't trained in that. Don't have, uh, don't have the experience. But I do have, let's see, this is my 44th year is that correct? Yeah, I think so. Of doing uh, uh, urban horticultural commercial garden broadcasting. Actually, I started with the Extension Service in Dallas County as Dallas County Extension Horticulturist in September of 1970. Worked for Extension for seven years and loved that. It's a wonderful organization and I support them wholeheartedly. Your local county extension office and the specialists who work for the Extension Service are great sources of advice. They are, they are uh, unbiased and legitimate and research-based. And so I always encourage you to go with Texas A&M and other land-grant university advice when you're looking for gardening answers. That's a good place to go. So that's, uh, that's where I worked. And then in, uh, in, in January of 1978, I left Extension. I just didn't want to travel quite as much as I had to for extension, and I went into commercial broadcasting in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and then uh, within a year or so, I started a statewide program, and then I started this statewide program a few years later, and I still have both of those going. Uh, my my daily program on uh, about 30 stations goes uh, into, let's see, I recorded that one is the only recorded program I do, and I think I recorded program number 11,500. Uh, 15 uh, uh, this morning earlier and uh, so that's kind of fun and then two live uh, programs in the Dallas Fort Worth area so that's that's how I do radio and I write for 12 newspapers and I do my electronic newsletter that you'll hear about just a little bit later my gardening book and uh, so when we do a lot of volunteering in our in our hometown of McKinney my wife and I do so we stay pretty busy and we enjoy life a great deal. We broadcast from, oh my goodness, I just saw line four and the topic on it. And, and George, I can help you. Stay with me, please. Uh, we broadcast uh, from Corpus Christi to Amarillo and from uh, beautiful Alpine. If you don't know Alpine, Texas, in Brewster County, county seat, uh, you need to know it. You need to go to it all the way to Crockett in the Piney Woods in East Texas. That's a, it's a big responsibility, and I take it seriously. So that phone number again, we'll take our first break, then we will go to the phones because they are full, 
256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. My book that I mentioned is Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. And as I mentioned last week, I have an unexpected opportunity for you. About a week ago, I got a message from the printer that the supply chain nightmare has maybe just about finished. After waiting five months, the printer in San Antonio called, uh, emailed me to say that they have received all of the paper. The, uh, the paper shortage had, at least in my case, had been, uh, had been put aside. The presses were once again rolling. Now, they said, I need to clear out the fifth printing of my book to make room for the sixth printing. I had told them back in October, I will pay you to go ahead and print it. I will pay you to store it. I just need to get that sixth printing there to make sure I don't run out. And now I overlapped. I hoarded those fifth printing books. Now I need to unload them to make room. The book, uh, as it comes out in the sixth printing, will be $38.95. But while supplies last, the fifth printing books are only $32.95 plus tax and postage. And the fifth printing has two paragraphs that were changed, added actually, for the sixth printing. They have to do with the, uh, the cold of, October, of, uh, of February 2021. And you live through that, and they're, they're insignificant. Well, they're significant, but minor changes. It's, uh, it's a $6 savings, and it's really worth grabbing this one. So for $32.95, you'll get a book that has 344 pages, 840 photographs, a hardback printed in San Antonio that covers all aspects of outdoor gardening for every county in Texas. I sign every copy as it sells. It's not in stores, and it's not on Amazon. And I can tell you from signing and boxing books all week this week, these fifth printing books are sailing out the door. So get it while you can. Once they're gone, this special price goes away and obviously won't come back again. There are two places you can get it. Stores and Amazon are not included. There has never been in those. So you don't buy it in stores. You don't buy it on Amazon. You buy it from my office weekdays by calling the office, or you go to my website. You can do that right now. The office number during the week, 9 to 5, is 800-752-GROW. 800-752-4769. Your satisfaction is completely guaranteed, or I'll refund every penny. Haven't been asked to refund one penny so far. 74,000 copies sold, almost 75,000 copies now. Don't delay. Order while I still have them for only $32.95. The best way to do so and make sure you get that low price is to go to neilsperry.com. You can see more about the book there. N-E-I-L. S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com, Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. Homegrown goodness, that's what Mueller is all about. They've been producing quality steel buildings and metal roofing right here in Texas for 90 years. And now you can grow a Mueller greenhouse right in your own backyard. They're easy-to-assemble, bolt-together designs. Their greenhouses come in five sizes, from 6 by 9 that's too small, you need a bigger greenhouse than that, all the way up to the big, beautiful 12 by 21 greenhouses. They feature a galvanized steel frame with more than 30 designer trim colors from which to choose. With hail-resistant polycarbonate panels, lockable walk doors and windows, a Mueller greenhouse will let the sun shine in while it protects your plants year-round. Don't let the weather ruin what you've worked so hard to produce. Get yourself a great greenhouse from a Texas-grown company, a company named Mueller, M-U-E-L-L-E-R. Visit them online at MuellerInc.com. 
or give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER. That's 877-268-3553. MuellerInc.com. Mueller for Greenhouses. I'll be back with more after this message. All right, Kelly, thank you very much. Folks, make note of that number. As I finish a call, grab the line. They're all filled right now. It's 888-256-1080, just as Kelly mentioned. We're going to start with Gary in Burton. Gary, this is Neil. Good morning. Hey, good morning. <clears throat> yes, sir. Um, How can I help? I've got some I've got some beautiful blue bonnets, but they're unfortunately in an area where there's going to be con- some construction uh, later this year. And I'd lo- I have another place where I'd like to to put them but i wonder if i'm just wondering if there are any tips on how maybe to move them or transplant them or i don't know save the seed pods when they fracture or i don't know where to start on this absolutely you don't transplant blue bonnets i mean it can be done but it's a, a just a it's it's a painful way to get blue bonnets moved from here to there it's so much easier to do plan a that would be plan d or e or g or something um, what you want to do, you say later this year is later sometime after June. Whenever, whenever it works. All right. I can, I can do what, it anytime. What you need to do is let the plants go ahead and finish their bloom and let the plants, their annuals. And so they will die away as the spring progresses and as you get into early summer. And when the plants have turned, uh, uh, uh brown and the pods have gone from green to brown and the pods start to rattle, you need to watch very closely, and, and when they start to split open, that's the time to collect the seed. I don't know what kind of um, setting you have them in. If they're in a, an area that doesn't have a whole lot of grass growing in it, then you could uh, probably uh, um, mow them or, or trim them with a line trimmer and, and vacuum them up, or uh, I don't know how big an area you're going to be clearing, but there, there's, there are plenty of ways to get the seeds collected and picked up. Uh, and then just take them to the next place where you're going to plant them just as nature would do and sow them there. When we plant blue bonnets and other wildflowers, we need to, we need to pay attention to where they're growing right now this year, uh, in nature, where they're growing on your property, Gary, and emulate that when you put them in the new place. In other words, you don't want them down in a, uh, for example, um, uh, a wet spot that has really luxuriant Bermuda grass. They don't compete well with, with, luxuriant grasses they usually are growing in areas that are somewhat godforsaken where the grass doesn't grow uh, vigorously and so you need to find places like that where uh, that are, are comparable and sow the seeds there and uh, and and do that right after you harvest them you could store them if you wanted to store them cool and dry and plant them in uh, early september either way would work fine but you're going to have a, a lot of seeds when you harvest them and uh, you can you can take them to the next place. You could use a line trimmer and just go through that area, but you have to wait until the pods are completely uh, dry and, and uh, the seeds are rattling, and maybe some of the seeds are starting to fall out. You don't want to harvest them when they're still immature. Sounds great. I'll you can do it. Try. All right, you can do that. Thank you for the call. Right. Let me go to George in Corpus Christi. George, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm doing well. How can I help you this morning? Good. Uh, first thing is I know exactly where that printer is, and that printer is an awesome printer. And I, I've been in printing for 23 years, so I know about paper shortages. But 
you pick the right printer, and that's a quality, quality place. So, so you know, I now. agree with you completely. Thank you for I that. I know exactly. Yes, uh, I got uh, from I purchased from Sam's maybe a month and a half ago uh, two lilac bushes. I guess they call them bushes. And I did a six-inch circle around my St. Augustine, and I planted them maybe about six inches deep. They're growing real well. As you know, it's been dry down here. And I keep them pretty moist. Uh, Is there anything, should I be fertilizing them? George, can I be completely honest, and we'll still be really good friends? Yes. You've been so kind to me with your first comment, and I'm I'm going to break your heart. Um, They don't grow. They don't grow in Corpus Christi. They don't grow more than 50 miles south of the Red River, and they don't grow really? very well there. Okay. They should never, ever be sold. And yeah, they I'm had not a one ton to, of them, too. That, I'm not one to mm-hmm. shake fingers at anybody and say shame on anybody, but uh-huh. Uh-huh. that's what happens with these big national chains. They buy things, and they buy them from an, yeah. a, 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 you know, a central buying office. And they should never be sold. If if you can get your money back, I don't mind your playing a part of this podcast and saying, here's what he says. The problem with lilacs in Texas is that we don't get cold enough. We're about 15 or 20 oh. degrees too warm all year long. And that is doubled when you get to Corpus Christi. Should I let them grow anyways and see what happens? Or I can tell you, out? well, you do whatever you'd like, but... Having grown up in College Station and never seeing uh-huh. a lilac in College Station until I was 19 years old or 20 and tra- transferring to Ohio State and seeing them in Ohio where they flourish, I, I realized, oh, my gosh, no wonder these things you know, aren't even tried in, right. in, in Texas. Right. I, I right. doubt that they will make it through the summer. They can't handle uh-huh. the heat. I live about okay. 50 miles south, 40 miles south of the Red River. And there are people okay. who will argue with me. There are people listening right now who are not very far from the Red River. And they say, Neil, you don't know what you're talking about. I've done this 50 years. And there are people mm-hmm. who stand toe-to-toe with me. And they'll say, Neil, you are crazy. My lilacs are beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I'll look at their plants. And the, they're, they're waist high. And their flower heads are, are not as big as tennis balls. And, they're, mm-hmm. and they say, I've had this 30 years. Look how beautiful it is. And I'm thinking, yeah, have you ever been to Des Moines <laughs> or to Seattle yeah. or where, where they really grow? Yeah. And yeah. that's the problem. So you'd I be, believe you. I you'd believe be, you. No, I know. You'd be so much happier. Now, you won't have the fragrance of lilacs, but but you'd be so much happier with a, a beautiful Catawba crepe myrtle. or they They bloom three or four times during the summer and have the same really? color and they're beautiful or or yeah. twilight crepe myrtle or velma's royal delight crepe myrtle, yeah. any of the purple crepe myrtles or vitex which will bloom in your area twice during the summer uh, vitex those, yeah vitex it's uh, called lilac chaste tree c-h-a-s-t-e i have no idea where how, that how tall does it grow um they're they're pruned in your area to keep them a little bit shorter, and there are some some short ones, but they will get uh, depending on the variety, uh, eight or ten feet tall, all the way up to fifteen to twenty feet tall. The crepe really? myrtles can be anywhere. Crepe myrtles can be anywhere from waist high to uh, twenty five feet tall, depending on the variety. I'm a crepe. Yeah, I I had one in San Antonio. Fan. I had crepe myrtle, and it grew yeah. like thirty feet, but that was well, San Antonio when I lived there. Mm. Look at look at the variety called uh, Petite Purple. And okay. and uh, it gets about waist high, and it is gorgeous. Oh, okay. So there, there are so many other things that will satisfy. You can buy an aerosol can that will give you the smell, and you won't have the <laughs> yeah, headaches you, you get with the lilacs. <laughs> yeah, 
you, Ken. So, hey, thank you very much. And uh, I, I enjoyed show. the call, and I'm sorry to break your heart. I'd get your money back well, if they'll still honor that because they should never be sold in Texas. Okay. Thanks a lot, Neil. Thank you for the call. Take care. All right. We'll come back and go to Chris in Normandy and uh, to Louise in Brookshire. And uh, Louise wants to talk about crepe myrtles, so I'll be glad to do that. I have had a lifelong love of crepe myrtles. In my life, they've gone from huge shrubs that were used only as shrubs, and then somewhere back in the late 50s, landscape architects began to say, look what happens if we prune these lower branches off, we can turn these into beautiful patio trees. And all of a sudden, the, the tall crepe myrtles, that's all we had at that time, all of a sudden, crepe myrtles were... Uh, transformed into these gorgeous trees, just like Yopon Hollies were, right out of uh, right out of the hillsides, and all of a sudden Yopon Hollies became beautiful patio trees for the shrinking urban lots. Neil Sperry's E Gardens is my free electronic newsletter. I distribute it every Thursday, just a little after 6 p.m. I spend about a day to a day and a half each week writing E Gardens. I do that with a great deal of affection. I I like to think of it as an old-fashioned garden section. There are five stories in eGardens each week. One of them is always a featured plant of the week. One of them is always a featured question of the week, something that has come up repeatedly and uh, that I needed to share with you because people are asking that question. And one of them is always gardening this weekend where I uh, bring something up that uh, bring the 10 or 15 most important tasks for that weekend to you and then a couple of other stories. So that's that's what we have in eGardens each Thursday night. I think you'll find it to be very, very helpful, and it's free and always will be. I will never give or sell your email address to anybody, nor will I ever spam you. You'll never get a message from me saying, hey, since you're a subscriber to eGardens, thought you'd like to know about this or that. I don't do that. So if you want to see what eGardens looks like, go to my website, neilsperry.com. It's where you go to buy my book at that special price right now, but it's also where you can see eGardens. We always have the most recent issue archived there. That's at n-e-i-l-s-p-e-r-r-y.com and click on eGardens. Yeah, that eGardens tab is also where you sign up for it. Neil Sperry's eGardens at neilsperry.com. More after these messages. Thank you, Kelly. Lines are all filled. Make note of that number, 888-256-1080. This is Chris in Normandy. Chris, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you doing this I'm, I'm doing well. Okay, great. Um, the question that I have for you is I am needing to put up a uh, the main purpose of the Chris, your phone is cutting in and out. It's really hard to hear. It, it came in really strong for a moment there. Try it again. Just one second. Try it now. Let's see what okay, happens. Okay, how about now? Oh, that's wonderful. Is, yeah, my belief. My Bluetooth is getting old. My apologies. <laughs> we can't get anything done without our two hands working. Um, the question that I have for you is uh, I'm needing to put in a hedge. And the purpose of the hedge is to uh, both for privacy and, um, you know, it's Texas. So uh, keeping the dust from coming just wafting through the yard and okay. house and whatnot. Um, uh I attempted to establish a, a hedge with our native uh, um, cedar trees, but I need a lot of them, so I need to kind of go commercially. What varieties out there that would provide a, a year-round, you know, 
kind of an evergreen or, you know, like I said, year-round. All right. That could do something like this for me. All right. For people listening, Norman G. is roughly in the Bryan College Station area, northeast of there. Um, and so my answer is going to be predicated on that a little bit. Uh, what kind of acreage are you talking about? What kind of lot size? Uh, this is this is a ranch, so we're out in the middle of nowhere on the dirt road. Okay, so, gotcha. Um, yeah, I'm needing about 200 foot, basically. Uh, I I would uh, stay with what you've been trying. I'd stay with eastern red cedar juniper, juniperus virginiana. Mm-hmm. That's native to your area. I grew up in College Station. I planted them for that purpose. I I live in McKinney. I planted them for that purpose. Um, The secret with them is to get them small. Uh, You're almost out of time for this spring, uh, for this winter. Mm -hmm. Um, If you do it in the next week, you probably could get them to transplant. You want to to dig and transplant uh, uh, seedlings that are uh, no taller than knee-high. And use a sharpshooter okay. spade, take soil with them. You want to take a soil ball that is volleyball-sized or so, and well, no taller than knee-high. People say, man, but I want a, uh, I want a uh, 15-foot uh, plant quick, quickly. And I say, you'll get it faster from a, a, a 15-inch plant than you will from a 14-foot plant or a 10-foot plant. Yeah. And because slow they take off so fast. Slow is fast and fast is slow. Yeah, that's that's right. And you want to space them about, um, and in a rural area, what, what I did, we have 11 acres, and what I did, uh, we wanted privacy from neighbors because we cleared out some undergrowth, and all of a sudden we could see their house and vice versa. They're up exactly. on a hill. And so what we did, what I did, was I spaced them in, in a zigzag pattern about 18 to 22 feet apart, but it was not a straight line. I didn't want a straight line because right. that would have looked very unnatural. And the the example I always give is if you hand about a, a three- or four-year-old little girl or boy a, a piece <laughs> of, of paper and you say, make yourself a paper fan, they will fold it, but the folds won't be exactly the same width. And that's if you open it up, then you'll see that. And that's what that's what my planting design was. So that okay. when you look at the, the plants that I put out, or they're 20 years old now and they're 25 feet tall, but when you looked across the creek at those, they, they looked like they're about 8 feet apart because some of them were 10 feet farther back or 15 feet farther back, but they looked like they're about 8 feet apart left to right. And so they filled in okay. very quickly, but they really didn't fill in. They just gave that, that visual block faster. And that's what right. I would recommend to you. You have neighbors somewhere around that would be thrilled to get rid of the ones out in the field, a farmer's field somewhere, or right around a, a fence or something. Uh, I bought all that we needed from a, a farmer, an older farmer who was is now gone, uh, who said, you're going to pay me a dollar a plant for those? What on earth are you going to do with those? <laughs> he was thrilled. He couldn't believe me, but I'd dig them. And, um, and so that's what I would recommend. Some nurseries sell okay. them in five-gallon pots, and you might be able to get some uh, a head start that way. And you have to hand carry water to them for the first year or two. After that, they're on their own. And do that every week, and they'll take right off. Now, if you want something closer to that, you could do that out uh, oh, 100 feet. 200 feet from the house if you want something uh, quicker and closer i'm sorry closer i would use nelly r stevens holly 
They will grow to 20 feet tall. I would do the same kind of planting plan where they're, they're clustered and staggered. I'd put them uh, 12 feet apart probably or 10 feet apart so they can grow to full height. And I'd zigzag them erratically. And I might even break up the, the planting with uh, some groupings of um, little gem southern magnolias. They're kind of slow growing, but they surely are pretty. And you could let their okay. limbs grow clear to the ground. Let a nursery that you're going to buy these from, if you do that, let a nursery just kind of sketch you something. Do it in a, in a sweep that, that looks more natural than just a long straight row. Uh, well, we'll be kind of following a fence line, an established fence line, so it'll kind of look, you know. Um, okay. Well, you could you could do it that way if you wish, but that's that's the spacing that I would recommend is about yeah. for the red cedars, okay. probably about uh, eighteen or twenty feet. All right. If you get them that's too right. close, if you get them too close, they shade one another and they denude the bottoms of one another. They they start losing branches because of the shade. Yeah, yeah, you can see that just out in the. Uh, out the woods. Uh, yep. In their native woods, yep. Yeah. All right. Good awesome. luck with it. Thank you much. Thanks for the call. <laughs> I appreciate it. I need it. <laughs> All right. You can do it. All right. Louise and Brookshire, coming to you next. Let me tell folks about uh, Neil Sperry's Lone Star Garden. I don't remember if I have a photo of the of the screening red cedars. I'll look uh, during the break and see if I have it, uh, that, that we have at our home. But, but anyway, Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. And uh, this is a book on high-quality paper printed uh, by Clear Visions in San Antonio. You heard the, the, the call out to them by a man in the printing industry just a, a few minutes ago. They are great. They have done me a wonderful job on all five printings. Now the sixth printing is on their presses again. And, uh, folks, I would be thrilled to be able to sign a copy and get it sent your way. I sign every copy. I, I work right out of my garage, put an air conditioner out there, and Zeus the dog and I go out, and, well, he's out there. It's his house, and, and I borrow it from him and, and sign books, and we have a good time together. The The supply chain nightmare has passed for this this type of paper, and after waiting five months, the uh, the printer is back at work. Uh, then they have to go to the bindery, to a universal book bindery in downtown San Antonio. And sometime in about six or eight weeks, the sixth printing will be out. It'll be thirty-eight ninety-five, and that'll be a bargain. But for the time being, the fifth printing, I need to get them out of the warehouse, the last of them. They'll be coming Tuesday. I'm taking delivery on the last of the fifth printing and um, to make room for the sixth printing in their warehouses in San Antonio. And uh, when they're gone, then that'll be the end of this special. Thirty-two ninety-five, thirty-two ninety-five, three hundred forty-four pages, eight hundred forty of my photographs, a hardback book. I sign each copy as it sells, and I guarantee your satisfaction, or I will refund every penny that you spend on it. Not in stores, not on Amazon. I self-published this. I have to pay ahead of time to have them print the book. I wanted to do that so that I could go to all the press checks to make sure that it was printing exactly as I wanted it. Now, you can get it two ways because it's not in stores, not on Amazon. You can get it by calling my office Monday through Friday, 9 until 5, at 800-752-GROW. 800-752-4769. But the better way is to order it right now from my website at neilsperry.com. But don't delay. When the fifth printings are gone at thirty-two ninety-five, the book will go up to thirty-eight ninety-five. 
That's uh, 800-752-4769, Monday through Friday, or right now at Neil Sperry, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. I'll have more after these messages. All right, Kelly Robinson, thank you, sir, very, very much. We go now to Louise. In, oh, and by the way, I looked in the, my book, and the uh, photograph I have for Eastern Red Cedars is not the uh, ones at our home. Could have been, but I guess I didn't uh, uh, opt to use that one. It's uh, of a very nice uh, row in a uh, in a residential neighborhood. Let's go to Louise in Brookshire. Louise, this is Neil. Good morning. Hi. Good morning, Mr. Sperry. Uh, thanks for taking Sure. Houstonian. Um, just wanted to call and ask you about two things. You remember that really, well, we had a really horrible freeze last, uh, last year in February. Yeah. Um, out, out in Brookshire. It was awful. Yeah, I had you weren't a, the only, uh, you weren't the only place it happened, by the way. <laughs> it, it, it got <laughs> all good. of Texas. <laughs> Go ahead. All of Texas. Yep. All right, sir. Um, well, that freeze, it killed, I had a, um, it was almost 30 feet tall. I had a rainbow eucalyptus tree. It was beautiful, absolutely beautiful. I babied it, did everything right, but it could not, it couldn't, it couldn't withstand that freeze. It was, uh, it was really sad. So I, that tree's dead. I bought another one and planted it. And now the freeze that came, we kept having, you know, one cold spell after another. And I wrapped up the trunk really well. Uh, but that little thing, it, it, it got to about six feet and now it, it looked like the, um, after all of those cold spells, it looked like it, it, um, succumbed to the cold weather itself. But, um, I cut off the, the branches and I noticed that there's still some green in the stalk in the trunk. Do you think it has a chance to come back? And if so, is there any way I can help bring it back? Well, you'll know within uh, first of April, second of April, you'll know within uh, uh, another two or three weeks. If it doesn't bud out, then uh, I think you probably need to find another kind of tree to grow. Um, this is <laughs> even this if is, it's got some green in it. Well, you ask my opinion, and and uh, having tried eucalyptus in College Station when I was a teenager, uh, I enjoyed them very, very much. There are several hundred species of eucalyptus and and uh, only a few are, are winter hardy in much of texas um just wait and see that's the only way you're going to know but if it has if you lost a 30 year old one or whatever it was last year that 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 feet. i can that i can pass to the the extreme cold that we had last year we lost a lot of things we've yep. never lost before but if you lost a new one this year, this year was not nearly as brutal. Nothing has been as brutal as last year. And so you right. you probably need to rethink what you plant there and use something uh, different. But that's up to you. Let's let's see what happens to it. Okay, thank you. And the crepe myrtles, they've got some black stuff on them. And they're not flowering. Well, they're not flowering now. It's April 2nd, for crying out loud. That's just a little bit early. Just Just <laughs> be patient with them. The black stuff is uh, is called sooty mold. Sooty mold. If if you go to if you'll go to crepemyrtletrails.org, c r a p e crepemyrtletrails.org, I have written most of what is on that website. I'm I'm a founding member of the Crepe Myrtle Trails of McKinney, and uh, for my part in our board membership, I wrote most of the website. And if you look up basic care 
pest control, you will find uh, information on uh, crepe myrtle bark scale and also crepe myrtle aphids. Both of those insects exude a, a sticky residue called honeydew uh, that is a sticky sap that in, which, uh, in which sooty mold will grow. Everybody gets all uh, just out of, out of sorts about the black sooty mold, and in reality, to control it, you don't, you don't need to worry about it. It's, it's unsightly, but it's not going to hurt the plant. To control it, you have to control whichever insect was leaving the, the honeydew behind. And to control it, that information is on the website, crepemyrtletrails.org. Uh, probably the control will be to use the systemic insecticide, imidacloprid, the middle week of May. So all of that is there, awesome. and I won't I won't make you write all that down. It's all at GreatMyrtleTrails.org. Oh, thank you so much, Mr. Spare. I love your show. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Take care, Louise. All right, we will come back and go to Doug and Brian, Joe and Brenham, and then we will go to your local newscast because we'll be out of time at that point. Uh, my website is neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. And that information I just gave you is there in the FAQ pages as well. So, And there's a link to the Crepe Myrtle Trails of McKinney on the homepage. So all of that is uh, readily available. That's where you go to buy my book at the $32.95 special price, Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. It's also where you go to sign up for Neil Sperry's eGardens, my electronic newsletter that is free and always will be. You'll find answers to my 1,001 frequently asked questions. All of that at neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. I hope you'll go there, take a look around. There's a lot of talk these days about Made in America. I'd like to tell you about something that's been made in America for 90 years. That's Mueller, metal roofing, and steel buildings. They're made right here by people who care about quality of both materials and workmanship. Whether it's a metal roof for your home or a custom steel building, maybe even a shed or a greenhouse for the backyard, Mueller means quality. Mueller has four manufacturing facilities right here in the USA. And with 33 branches for sales and service, there's a Mueller location near you. When you choose Mueller for metal buildings or roofing, you're choosing the best quality products to protect your family and your property. And you're supporting local jobs and local families. These are ordinary, hardworking people who are proud to provide a product made right here in America. Ninety years of making these fine products, that proves that they are doing things right. Visit MuellerInc.com, M-U-E. L-L-E-R-I-N-C dot com or give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER. That's 877-268-3553. They're Mueller, made in America and made to last. MuellerInc.com. I'll have more after this message. All right, Kelly, thank you very, very much. We've had a good program so far. We have Doug and Joe left uh, to go here. And uh, let's go to Doug and Brian. First, our next call up. Doug, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning, Mr. Doug. How you doing, uh, Neil? How are you doing this morning? I'm, I'm doing well. How can I help you? Oh, pretty good. You're a bucket mouth. Hey, sir, listen. I need to ask you something. Uh, I'm from West Texas, and there's two towns out there, probably three. Okay, uh, between Pecos and Fort Stockton. Okay. okay. Pecos is famous for the world's famous Pecos cantaloupes. 
I know that. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, I know I spent 20 years in Fort Stockton <laughs> going back and forth to Pikes every summer. You go the other way. You got and, Mentone. Uh, I know Mentone, too. You, 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 know, you, know where Belding is, you know where Belding is, don't you? Yeah, I don't. Going out of Fort Stockton. Uh, Belding is out toward, between, it's uh, halfway out between Fort Stockton and, and, and Alpine. Okay. By, by the railroad tracks. You get to go to the, tra- the trains that go to Alpine. Well, what kind? Of, how? how when, when does? Uh, what? What are the best plant uh, fruits to plant? Plant in in the Fort Stockton besides a watermelon and a cantaloupe? Do you have any idea? You're talking about vegetables to plant. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, vegetables. Uh huh. I would think you could plant almost anything you want, Doug. That's a pretty good. It's a good climate. It's uh, it's hot and dry, obviously, but it's uh, it's it. I, I don't know of any restrictions why you would have any more trouble uh, planting anything uh, that, that that you want. You just have to get the season down right, the timing. You're going to have yeah. to plant early to avoid the heat. Um, I would check with your county extension office. Um, what I did in my book in the vegetable chapter is I time everything, and this is what all vegetable specialists will do. I don't, I'm not a vegetable specialist, but everything relates to the average date of the last killing freeze. And you time it back uh, before that or on that date or after that date, depending on what the crop is. For example, you're going to be eight weeks ahead of the last killing freeze if you're planting onions or English peas. And you're going to be four weeks after it if you're planting sweet potatoes, just as examples. And and vegetables, other vegetables fall somewhere in between. That's uh, I, I put that in eGardens this week. You can see it if you want to. If you want to look at to my website, neilspray.com, that uh, that list is right there for you, and and you can go to my website for the next six days. It'll be there, um, but I don't know of any restrictions. Otherwise, you should be able to do very well. Okay, sir. One one, one technical question. Let me ask you something. Yeah. It, okay, you've heard of this song, uh, uh, "Red Roses and Yellow Roses." Do do, do 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 they have a yellow rose? Does a yellow rose grow yellow? Yes, sir. There are lots of good yellow roses. Go to the American Rose Society and take a look. Just uh, uh, and look at the recent All America selections. Roses are in a in a state. Yeah, and thank you. I'm going to try to help Joe and Brenham too. Uh, Doug, look at the All America Rose Selection winners. Roses are undergoing a lot of uh, problem right now with rose rosette virus. So be uh, be aware of that. I appreciate your call. Oh. Let me go to Joe in Brenham right now. Joe, you're trying to get rid of Asian jasmine. Is that correct? Yes, sir. It's growing against my air conditioning and against my water hydrant. I have to walk through it to get right. to it. Are you, are you trying to get rid of it entirely or just trim it? Yeah, I would like to get rid of that whole all right. Let me let me explain what I would do if I were trying to get rid of it entirely. It's it's a fairly easy process. Uh, the first thing I would do is probably just mow it and get rid of as much of the of the vine growth and stubble as I could. Uh, it does not root along the stems like English ivy does or like a lot of other ground covers. So once you mow it, you'll be able to see where it was planted originally. And at that point, you can take a good sharpened hoe and just pull it out of the ground or hoe it off or take a sharpshooter spade and pop it out of the ground. It is not difficult. I have done that many, many times. And uh, so uh, that that's what I would recommend. Uh, but no spray or nothing will work on it. It would work perfectly, but why introduce a spray when you can do it manually? You're going to have to do it manually anyway, and uh, so you you need to 
I wouldn't risk uh, getting a spray onto your other plants. Somewhere in here, I'm going to run out of time. I, I, yeah, all okay. right. All right. I so do pre- that's I, I what I would do. I have, I have bought several of your books and make wonderful gifts. Thank you. Well, I appreciate that, Joe. I appreciate your call very much. Have a great uh, weekend and a great week. I'll talk to you next week or sometime. Uh, folks, that there it is. I'm trying to read a clock that doesn't want to be read, I guess. Anyway, I want to say thanks to Jared Taylor. Good job today. And I'm going to be joined by all three of our children, of course, my wife, all seven of our grandchildren, and our great-granddaughter for dinner tonight. You think I'm pretty pumped about this day? You bet I am. Hope you have a great day, a great weekend, and week. Until next week, happy gardening.